Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. You know, one of the things that I want to say is... I'm really excited to have Naomi Ozanik on the show today, Becoming a Garment of Isis, a nine-stage initiatory path of Egyptian spirituality. Now, here's what I want to say about this book, but I want to talk a little bit about her for a moment, because it's interesting when I take a look at myself, for example, and she's going to be explained this from her own depth of being. But I take a look at myself, a girl that grew up in the Bronx, in the cement jungle, very young age, and was totally drawn in to what I now know, didn't know then, Egyptian culture, ISIS in particular. If you take a look at my background, everything about me, and then you come into my home, and maybe later on, I will go in the back room, and I'll show you what I mean. You would think, how many times has this woman been to Egypt? Zero. Zero (laughs) times. No time. Except in my visions and my dreams. And I've read a number of books, but I love what Naomi is inviting us to look at. And I had no idea that these initiations are so beautifully orchestrated and available to us. So today, you're going to hear from somebody who has taken a giant yes into this realm of what some people call Western esotericism, esotericism, esoteric, I just call it esoteric period. But whether you think it be Western or Eastern, or whether you think it be Isis or Egypt, or whether you think it is about the mystery schools or not, you will agree with me. We are fascinated beyond any logic We are fascinated with anything to do with Egypt. Just look at our pop culture. How many movies? I mean, it's almost hard to do something that isn't done in the sand. Mm -hmm. Hence, Dune. Hello. Mm -hmm. But today, how would you like to explain to yourself what the wisdom is and what we can learn? Naomi, it's great to have you. Thank you for writing an amazing book. I so love your introduction about yourself because I can relate to that. 
Um, as I grew up, I was a very ordinary young woman, an ordinary child. And my awakening to Egypt was when I was 26, which I will talk about, but I didn't have any of those things in my background. It was as much a surprise to me as you have already explained. I can here, talk about my, sorry. But here we are and I love it because first of all, I'm, I'm also the least likely person to even be <laughs> doing a show like this now for 20 years. But my fascination is just so amazingly drawn to an energy. Can you talk for a minute about the energy of Egypt that drew you in, that pulled you in? Well, I think I can best explain that by talking about the particular circumstances that changed my life. Yes. Because as I've already said, I was just a very, I was a primary school teacher, as simple as that. And um, in uh, 1977, which is quite a long time ago, I answered an advert um, for a local Aquarian discussion group that had been placed in the paper. And a little light went on in my head and I thought, oh, Aquarian, oh, that's interesting. Because in those days, that was not even a common word. So I took my courage in both hands, I rang up, and as it happened, the house that was going to host the meeting was three or four streets away. And that was fascinating. So I duly went. And that's when my life changed. So it was a, an open group. There were a collection of psychic and mediumistic and all sorts of people there. And the group stayed together. And the group held meetings on a Sunday afternoon. And that's when I heard words I'd never heard before, like esoteric, Kabbalah, tree of life. And I'm thinking, I don't know any of these things. And so I, 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 I regularly attended. And in fact, it became the highlight of my life. I wanted to go every week. I was desperate to learn more. But when I, when I, when I applied for the advert, answered the advert, I had no interest in Egypt. And I will tell you how it began. The group leader, who was a very charismatic and magnetic person, um, indicated that he did past life regressions. And of course, I was, I was hooked. So right. I went for a past life regression with him. And I have to say, at that time, I had no interest in Egypt. I was hoping to uncover a life in Georgian London. That was what I was interested in. Uh, incidentally, it turned out later that my grandmother was born in Georgia. So I think I was picking up on that. But to, to come back to the event, I'd never been hypnotized before. I didn't know what to expect or what would happen. And there were some terrible stories about hypnosis and all of this sort of nonsense. So I went. And to cut a long story short, I remember the induction and his voice, and I was going deeper and deeper into myself and into darkness and silence. And then it was as if two eyes came on in my head and I could see inside my own head, if that makes sense. Yeah. And he said to me, what do you see? And I said, I'm standing beside a wall and I already knew it was hot, but I didn't say that. 
I'm standing beside a wall. What else do you see? I see men animals. He said, what do you mean? I said, on the wall, there are paintings of men with animal heads. And I knew I was in Egypt. I was not in Georgian London. And that's how it began. And do you want to say something yeah. about that experience? No, no, I don't. I want to just have you talk about it because you see, there's something that is so unexplainable, right? Correct. In a lot of ways. And yet we try so hard to explain this. And all I know is when our friends look at us, and maybe I want to ask you this question because it starts us down a journey. And once we go down the journey, it's mm -hmm. as if we can't reverse it. You know what I mean? So true. The caterpillar does not go back. The butterfly does not go back into the exactly. caterpillar. Exactly. And, and not all of us become as astute and become a teacher like you. Not all of us can write a beautiful book that I understand had multiple titles before this one. <laughs> but the descriptive in it, for me, the descriptive in it, when I saw this, just the words becoming a garment mm -hmm. of ISIS, it so resonated with the times, the Egyptian times, you know, the idea of the sacredness of garments in that era, right? It, yeah. There's just something about it that we intuitively know yes. and logically and educationally complete mystery, right? Isn't it paradoxical, though? Because we have several levels of mind. And in the West, the level we're very comfortable with is, I'm an educated person. I've been taught to think logically and rationally and to make deductions. That is only the first level of mind. And the deeper and the higher levels of mind do not work like that. They do yeah. not work by logical deduction. No. But to come back to the phrase, the garments yeah. of ice, it took me many years to even hear that phrase. Yep. Now it's familiar to me, but it wasn't when I began. And even probably 10 years into my journey, I'd never heard that phrase. But the image is potent because as you put on a garment and you, be you are inside the garment, the goddess Isis, you become immersed in her. She is the garment you are immersed in her presence. This makes no sense at all. It doesn't. And what's fascinating, and we're going to talk about this because of the way you beautifully lay the initiations out in the book, you know, because some points in time in our lives, we have to realize, and I think many of us get there, that there is the logical part of our lives and then there's the other part. Yes. I don't even have a name for it. I know people want to put a lot of names on it. I don't mm -hmm. know. Some people call it ripe brain and mm -hmm. imagination, intuition. Mm -hmm. I just want to say the other part because I don't think we know its potentiality yet. But when we take a step back, as you just talked about, hypnotic regression is so powerful. And we get a glimpse or mm -hmm. you could have a dream. And the next thing you know, you find yourself in a museum 
and you're buying a necklace of something you have never seen before, you don't know what it is, but it looks similar to what you have in the background. Mm -hmm. You find yourself drawn to mm -hmm. gold. Every mm -hmm. picture in my house is gold framed. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know why. Your friends mm -hmm. think, why is she so engaged in gold? Why when, why is why are all her pictures framed in gold? What is with all the Egyptian artifacts? So when we come back from break, we're not only going to talk about that, but there's something that opens up and it just opens us up. Right, Naomi? It opens Absolutely. us up. So if we're having a break, when we come back, what I want to address is what we call the call of ISIS. That's it. And you already know it. Already <laughs> That's know it. it. And when we come back, I probably will go grab myself a few of what I was referencing and come back to it. How wonderful. And, and ISIS, what I've learned, and I love this, you say this in your book. See, we live in, and you can study this, y'all. I'm not making this up. This is a fact. Our culture in the United States is considered an individualistic culture. Correct. Mexico, no. They are collectivist cultures. There are models on this. Egypt, they are a culture of togetherness. Now, mm -hmm. it's got a lot of history. It's got a lot of mystery. But there's very few people that will admit that they are not fascinated <laughs> by the pyramids. When we come back, Naomi's going to take us on a journey. We've got three copies of the book to give away, Benny. I will do that when we come back. I'll tell you all how to get your copy. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back, everybody. How do you feel? Just okay? Well, how about you tune in and get ready to be more with The Healing Hour with me, Doc Martin, every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I'm ready for your questions, and I can't wait to help you find the answers. Every month, we'll have a new live call-in show with innovative topics and a powerful hour of healing. To learn more about me, visit DrSharonMartin.com. See you there. I'm going to be here. You won't want to miss it. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Do you get stuck in that someday attitude, living the same day over and over again with no action? The Becoming You Show, big ideas that inspire, impact, and influence your life with Leah Rowling is for you. Tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Central on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This show will have you feeling inspired to take action with purpose and intention. For more information and to get in touch with me, visit www.LeahRowling.com. Your own innate brilliance already lives inside of you. Come discover it so you can shine brightly in this world. Join me, your host, Adrian Cobb, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern during Wild Magic on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get answers to who you are and where you belong. To learn more about me and the show, visit MyWildMagic.com. Again, that's MyWildMagic.com.
there is divinity within you. Join Lisa Belt on her show, The Unshakable Living Show, supernaturally and divinely unshakable, twice a month and find that divinity that you deserve. Lisa will help you feel encouraged, empowered, and realize that you're not alone on your journey. With Lisa, address the foundation, the frame, and the finish of your dreams and become truly unshakable. Do you feel like you and your significant other have lost their initial spark? Then let Coach Martez and Wadrina guide you to strengthen your love and reignite that spark on the Coach Martez and Wadrina Layton Show on Transformation Talk Radio. Understanding love, accepting truth, and changing perspective. For more information, make sure you go to dreambuilderscoaching.net. That is dreambuilderscoaching.net. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Um, I have three copies of this incredible book, Becoming a Garment of Isis. It <laughs> is a nine-stage initiatory process, but when we come back here, we're going to talk about what that pathway looks like. I don't know if we'll get to all of them during the show, but the book brilliantly lays it out. We're going to talk story, though. We're going to talk about you know, this is the place where we arrive. In order for you to get a copy of the book, we have made it so simple, 1-800-930-2819. And if you're over on Facebook, Olivia will be monitoring that. We'll be able to give you a copy from there too. But if you call in, Benny, just get your information. If you have a question, let us know. Um, Naomi, for you, what is the best place for people to find out about you and to get a copy of the book from you? Well, my website, or I can be contacted on my email. I don't, uh, I'm not very active on Facebook and I have no other social media presence. Now, I'd like to just say that I have a book called The Breath of Isis, and I will be giving away 20 free copies to the first 20 people who email me with a request for it. And I will talk about it before... Uh, so that they know what they will be getting. Well, how do we email you? Would you like my email address? I'd I'm love it, please. Which is Naomi, N-A-O-M-I dot Ozanic, O-Z-A-N-I-E-C at gmail.com. And Olivia and Jacob, if you can put that across the Facebook screen, that would Ooh, be well, great. Well if you could type that in over Facebook, that would be great. Even if you don't get to do it live, let's do it during the post-edit. Um, now, wow. if um, the, 20, the first 20 copies are free, beyond that, should there be beyond that, um, it is available uh, for purchase for $10. Now, the book is 82,000 words, 165 pages, so it's a, it's a good read, and it covers the stages we've begun to talk about, almost the things that precede the book on, Be on Becoming a Garment of Isis. It covers my journey from 1977 to about 2013. And the book is divided into two parts. The first part is a narrative, a description of my journey. And the second part has a series of rituals that we performed in our group in the 1990s. I would like, if I can, to give you the 
chapter headings so you have a flavor of the book. The first chapter we've kind of covered is called Awakening. And that was in part the hypnotization. Then the first chapter is called The Call of Isis. The second chapter is called The Mantle of Isis. Then the rites of Isis, the garments of Isis, the breath of Isis, the light of Isis, the mysteries of Isis, and finally the sorrows of Isis. That is the first part of the book. And the second part are the following rituals, which were done with quite large groups. The first one is the blessings of Hathor. The second is the adoration of Sekhmet. Then the roses of Isis. Then remembering Osiris. Mm. Then the marriage of heaven and earth. And finally, the ascension of Osiris. The, the ritual scripts are given as they were performed with some guidance on the laying out your temple and the, and the way to prepare. So that really is my first, my first set of memories. And the book, Becoming a Garment of Isis, is the distillation of the principles I learned from the journey. When I was first journeying, I was very often lost. And I did not know what I was doing or where I was journeying to. It took me several decades. I started to begin the Garments of Isis in 2009, and I didn't finish it until 2019. And I began journeying in 1977. So there were many things to learn on the way, many, many things. And, you know, this is it, because let's talk about this. The bottom line is we are talking about a journey. You know, it is a journey. It is a journey. And it's a journey that is, is a fascination just in itself. But I want to talk about the journey and being guided, right? It, because when it, I read your book, that's what I'm struck by. You know, it's laid out so beautifully, it's clear that there was guidance involved in everything you do pretty much everything. Naomi. but i didn't know that but looking back yes absolutely correct that's exactly right i mean when you were talking with me during the break i was thinking to myself she's right you know how would i ever come up with the transformation network clearly i now know i did not i did not come that up with correct. that and our first channel was transfer is transformation talk radio where we're going to grow from one channel to four this year and more next year but under the giant umbrella of the transformation network and it's it's interesting to step back read your book and go through each of these pathways these stages and to be able to pinpoint because everybody will be able to do this to be able to pinpoint perhaps when you were there and what it felt like right mm. the this the way that you've laid this out is really relatable but it's also and if you could talk to this isn't it also a guidance system for the times we live in now i feel this very much 
Um, it doesn't take much to look at the mess we're in and to, to ask the question, how did we get here? Why did we get here? And is there an alternative way? Is there another way out? Because our way of looking at the world is not the Egyptian way. To the Egyptians, nature, they drew their whole philosophy from <coughs> nature. Everything in nature was sacred. Now, can we honestly say that? I don't think so. The river was sacred. The land was sacred. Tar Mary, the, the precious land. We have lost that sense of the sacred as being in the world. We think it's something we go and see when we go to church. And it doesn't carry over into our lives. But for the Egyptians, the world itself, the cosmos, in fact, was a garment of the unseen divinity, which originated with our tomb, who's called the hidden one. So already we have a different way of perceiving reality. The life essence, the divine essence, flows through everything you see, every tree, every plant, every star, every stone. This is already sacred. And when we forget that and think it's just a commodity, we end up where we are now. Yeah. I have to tell you what I love. I talk about this a lot. I have another show that I do, Naomi, and it's called Power Up with Dr. Pat. When I first came out with that title, and that show's fairly new. It's only a couple of years old. I don't do it as often as the Dr. Pat show, but I am going to be doing more of it. Right now, I'm doing 10 hours of radio a week, so I'm going to be adding that show into it. When I first came out with the name, some people loved it, and other people got afraid. Okay. Now, I hadn't even described the show yet, mm -hmm. but here's what I love about what you've done. Every part of the book. So for all of you listening, when you open the book, you may call these chapters, whatever you want to call them. You are using the word power over and over and over again. The power of intelligence, the power of inspiration, the power of imagination, the power of dedication, the power of meditation, the power of transformation the power of initiation, the power of... When I went through this and I got to the power of transformation one, it dawned on me that as women, we are very afraid of this word, but you didn't fool around with using this. Can you talk to that a little bit, please? And what you said is absolutely true. These are powers because... They, the Egyptian phrases, my soul is equipped. Well, how does your soul equipped by sitting on the, on the sidelines being a wilting wallflower? No, it doesn't. Step up, engage. And as you were speaking, the word, the word power reminded me of the goddess Sekhmet. Her name means power. Yeah. 
she and uh, uh, we have this ritual called the adoration of Sekhmet. So, but these are powers of life. They are natural. They are within the cosmos. And the Egyptians, we talk about gods and goddesses. Well, the Egyptians didn't. That no. was not their word. And this is very important to understand. For them, what we call the gods and goddesses were the natures, the living powers of creation. Now, my mystery school is called the House of Life Mystery School of Divine Partnership. And this comes back to the question you asked about guidance. Yeah. That guidance was given to me in 1977. I did not know or understand what was happening for decades. That guide, it, it's like when you reach out to ISIS, and in a moment, moment if I can, I'd like to talk about the call of ISIS. Yes. When you have heard that, the way to respond to that is through the heart and by reaching out your hand into the darkness and saying, please take my hand. So right about that. I want to take a short break and get back to that because what I'm really struck by is did this come to me? in the happy moments of my life. No, no. It came to me in some of the darkest moments of my yes. life as early, very early young, but especially when I was homeless at 17. What was I drawn to? You know, on the streets of New York, what did I see? What was I drawn to immediately? But when you hear the calling, do you take heed or do you hide? What will you choose, folks? Because I've done both. And I got to tell you, the hiding part from ISIS, that does not turn out well. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to go through some of these beautifully. Just this book is so beautifully written. It's so absolutely inviting but there's something to relate to and if we could just remember some of these powers we have the ability to transform anything let's take a short break benny olivia we'll be right back have you been on life's roller coaster trying to figure out what to do next? Then join Greta, Lee, Yvonne in the Realm of Beings each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Shake the dust off your wings and fly to the highest heights in your thoughts and actions. Express your greatness. Be a champion for yourself. And we'll see you there on Shifting Impressions Conversations with the Realm of Beings. Champion your life with me, Leanne Champion, first and third Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. That new gym membership might help you get fit, but what about emotional fitness? Jump into the rushing waters of personal growth. Don't waste another minute feeling unfulfilled. Visit ChampionYourLife.com and let's do this together. Know your own divine magic and extend peace and love to all with Reiki master and author Brett Bevel. 
Brett offers empowering solutions with energy healing modalities, magical awakening, and psychic Reiki. Brett's latest book, Healing Racism Within, A Lightworker's Guide, draws on his own journey of growing up in a racist community and healing childhood trauma. For more on the most cutting-edge energy healing techniques, visit brettbevel.com. Illuminate your inner framework now with Shelley Hoffberg and Stephanie Salt on the show Intuitive Diagnostics on Psychic Horizons. For you to find the keys to your highest path, it is vital that you see what is happening within your inner metric of you and those around you. They'll help you utilize soul architecture so that you can unravel the highest plan of life actualization for you. Manifest your unique life mission now every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. It is time to get inspired to take action in your life. Tune in to Emotional Elevation with me, Susan Denae. We are identifying, understanding, and treating our crazy one episode at a time. We all have crazy in our lives. The thing that sets us apart is how we deal with it. And I've got you covered. Enjoy your journey. You are worth it. Visit SusanDenae.com. That's D-E-N-E-E.com. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion. With me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. And Benny, we have another copy of the book to give away. What do you say? Shall we do it? Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. Let's do it, right? Right? 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. The other thing, I also want to refer everybody to, you can get the book on Amazon. Um, for those of you that are just going to email me about saving the, the earth, uh, Kindle is available for this book. Um, I was hoping, I, I don't know if she will do it, but I was hoping for an audio version of the book, but you can really, oh, wow. <laughs> I was hoping for it because I'd love to hear it in your voice. I think you'll have to speak to Inner Traditions. Uh, I'll, I'll get a hold of Manzanita tomorrow. No, I'll get a hold <laughs> of her today. You don't have to worry about that. You know, there are some books that you can read like this one where you're hanging on every descriptor. And here's what I mean. There's a lot of science in this book too. So thank you for that, right? I mean, you hear me having one foot in this realm and another foot in pop culture, Marvel movie realm. That's <laughs> just me. That's what I love about this. You know, you talk about the initiate mind, let's say. And you're talking about it's not everyday mind. So let's have a chat about this for a moment because this really points to what you said about how the book came to you, what I've said about how the network came to me, right? Mm -hmm. So you talk about this, you say, but it can be consciously created. We can do it. It's a path of being and becoming. Can you talk to that? Because I got to tell you, the more I think about that phrase, the more I'm reflecting, how the heck did I get here? Mm -hmm. 
You're already under guidance, whether you knew it consciously or not. I didn't. I didn't know it. Well, I didn't know it myself um, for many decades. And in my case, even imagining that you were a priestess of Isis, you didn't say that. People would tell you you were crazy. Your family would tell you you're crazy. So it became very interior. My mother was a great support to me. But you did not talk about that. Nope. So this question of guidance and the orchestration of one's life is quite fascinating. Now, Leonard Cohen, who I admire greatly, has a wonderful line in which he says, it was never me, it was always you. And what he actually means is what appears to be the orchestration of his life did not come from him, but from the divine operating through him. And as I said, my, my mystery school is called the, uh, it's about divine partnership, yeah. which yep. I am now willing and able to say that functions in my life, but it's taken me, where are we, 40, 45 years that's been my journey. Yeah. And I can say, if you hear the call of Isis, and I have a feeling that many of your listeners will understand what that means. When you hear it, do not be put off by people saying, huh, you're crazy. You keep it to yourself. It's, it's a function of the heart. And you act upon it by starting to speak as if Isis was sitting opposite you. And you say, I've heard the call. You extend your hand into the darkness of the unknown. She will take your hand. But as you and I have discussed, this is not an easy mm -hmm. journey. She will break you before she makes you. Yeah, I loved your conversation in the book about the principle of simultaneity. The yes. principle of simultaneity. Uh, uh, I like to think about it as almost like a simulation of things, right? You know, this, these uh, uh, parallel efforts. But I love this because you point out that, okay, wait a minute, we're looking maybe at Osiris, we're looking at green face, God of life, death and transformation. We're looking yeah. at renewing powers as well. Right. And yes. yet we get so linear that we cannot see this. Because this we is get like this. Educated. Now, I'd like to say a little bit about how about the Egyptian mindset. Yes. Which is not like our mindset. It was symbolic, relational and holistic. Now, for us to gain that mindset, we have to undergo a training curriculum. Otherwise, we are still stuck in what education has given us. My book, The Aquarian Kabbalah, is, provides exactly that curriculum because it links the tarot and the tree of life. And the tarot, basically, is a collection of symbols. They're pictorial, they're numerical, they're astrological, they're mythical. So you are beginning to have to operate at a non-literal, non-linear way of thinking. This is how the Egyptians thought. 
for them, color was symbolic. Everything around them represented the divinity that was invisible, but inherent within the cosmos. So everything they saw was telling them something. They drew their ideas of immortality from the circumpolar stars that never set. They're immortal. We must be immortal too. They never had a thing like the Bible. Nature was their source for their sacred understanding. We don't have that. You know, one of the, to our, it is to our cost that we don't have that. It's hard to our cost. And there's also a very myopic conversation that can go on. It's a very narrow one. And I remember being in Catholic boarding school as a young child and um, fascinated, as I said before, with comic books. And I remember a dialogue. I can't remember if it was in one of the classes, but, but I got scolded for it. That's where I remember it. Yeah where I said, I asked the question as my comic book was being grabbed from me and taken away. And I remember the, the sister talking to me about the fact there is one God and God is everything. And I remember as a young six-year-old, I looked up and said, I know. That's why God created this comic book. I swear, that's that was like, I said, yes, I, yeah, I agree with you. I'm six. And I said, look, God gave me this comic book so I could understand better. I got grabbed by the ear. I got dragged out of there. Thank but you. we want to have a version of a God that's this when, whoa, wait a minute. What if it's that? One of the things you say that I love. And I think it's hard for us. I want you to talk about it because it is, I think it's at the cornerstone of everything you've got in this book. And it's this, you say mystical consciousness is an uncommon state of being, but its fingerprint is to be seen in all spiritual traditions across time and place. And then you go on to say, without the inclusion of a mystical dimension, theories of mind and consciousness will remain incomplete. You know how powerful that is? Here it is. Yes that even the 12-step programs that were created in the 1930s were influenced by Carl Jung and the entire basis of those programs was based on spiritual experience. Carl but Jung, yet, the, the mystic. Let's we, be honest. He let's be honest. He lived in it. He lived it. Why are we so resistant that's a very big question, and I'm not sure I can answer that. That'll have the to be in your next book, though. <laughs> <laughs> I am halfway through my next book. Um, education has a lot to do with it, and unfortunately, I don't like to point the finger of blame, but monotheistic culture, mm -hmm. that kind of thinking, is a straitjacket. It's a mental straitjacket. Yeah. And it's frightening for people to break out of that because like you, you have, you're pinched by the ear and told you're naughty. Yep. But I'll tell you, you couldn't save me because my mom um, committed suicide when I was six, but she was a mystic. I know uh -huh. it. I know she was. And she lived in a world that didn't want her to be. You know, you're right about this. When you say you're something or you have aspirations or you're like she was, there's no mistake 
about who she was and how powerful she was. But you see, back then, you gave women drugs. You yes. had to keep them under thumb, yes. right? I want to ask you this. Let's take a minute and talk about the power of some of these initiations. There's a question that just came in. Let me ask you. Um, dear Dr. Pat, dear Naomi, thank you. Everything's abbreviated, so I apologize. When these messages <laughs> come in, they're all like abbreviated. Um, this is so fascinating. Dr. Pat, you went through a number of powers of, are these in a particular order? Do I read the book in a particular order? Tell me about the journey in reading the book. Good question. I think the book is written to be taken in a particular order. That is to say, the opening of the heart mind, which is the first yeah. sacred place, the first terminus. Yeah. This is very easily accessible for people because it's about our feelings. We are taught not to listen to the heart, but for the Egyptians, the intelligence of the heart was the rudder in life because it was connected with moral conscience, with ma'at, with truth. When we don't listen to the heart and we listen to this rational voice in the head, we are, we are kidding ourselves. We are on a straight and narrow path leading to nowhere. So yes, the book, the first part of the book was written to be, if you like, followed in that particular structure. It becomes increasingly, uh, what, the, 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 third, the third and final part of the opening of the soul mind, that's not so straightforward. And perhaps you would benefit by working with me or um, yeah. being in a group. But the, the first two sections, the powers of intelligence, powers of inspiration, the power of imagination, the power of the heart, these are things they are accessible to every single person. There is nothing weird, supernatural or strange about them. If you had to talk to us for the next couple minutes, and this is, there's in the book, I know you reference this. There are many concepts that are absent from the modern world. I think, what was the one I read? Mott, maybe. But there are certain concepts that represent justice and truth not, not that, are, that, that are absent. Totally. But yet you've included them and they're just so powerfully needed. Yes. How, how, how do they become Looking absent? At, if, you, if you look at Egypt, the pharaoh called himself the son of Ma'at. Ma'at. Yeah, He's Ma'at. saying... I am in the family of truth and justice. He made offerings to her every day on behalf of the land, the nation, and the cosmos. Can you imagine? And no, you can't imagine anything happening like that in today's world because it's not possible. And, and Ma'at was connected with everything, with the opening of the heart. So as soon as you begin to open your heart, you're saying, may truth reside in my heart. May truth become my guide. And it will happen. 
but it has to be said, as you've already said, this is not a primrose path of dalliance into wonderland. It will break because the, uh, the constructs of our life are false. And you only have to look at the world to know that that is a fact. You know, I'm fascinated. If you came into my office, um, you would see a, um, a framed picture on the wall. Um, and it's a, a picture beautifully colored. Um, and there are, there are several different aspects in the picture, but it's a poster of Ra. And I've often thought about why we're so afraid of the sun god. You know, what is it about this energy that keeps us so distant from even an understanding? And when I say that, yet we talk about the sun. We talk about the living, breathing. Indigenous cultures worship the sun. The sunrise in, in native traditions is so beautiful. But boy, it does scare some people. It's exactly the same in ancient Egypt. As I've said, they took their bearings from nature. And the moment of sunrise was so important. This is like the god waking, because the idea would be that at night, Ra would go into the underworld where he would be helped by all sorts of guiding divinities to, to go into the Duat where he would be reborn. So his rebirthing is the dawn. And this is so important. The light, the light of the sun creating the new day. We never look at the sunrise except and we don't look at sunset except some, some romantic, romantic piece of nonsense. For them, the sunset was Ra returning into the womb of Nuit to be reborn. These are concepts in, so foreign to our culture. And yet they sustained Egypt for a minimum of 3,000 years. And what mm -hmm. have we done in our 2,000 years since the, taking the, the dating from you know, the birth of Christ? There's no continuity. And we are, we are destroying everything, ourselves and the planet along with it. Oh, there's no question about that. Even the most sacred of sacred lands. I mean, even as I think about what's happening in South America, you know, we are doing it in the spirit of something other than what you and I are talking about. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, for me, that's what I love about what you're bringing to the forefront, because I do believe deep inside of us, there is this wisdom, there is this heart centeredness, there is this way to get back to honoring. Now, right? Jung would agree with you, because he would say that your life's journey is about becoming the person you are supposed to be. Yep. And he, he called that individuation. Yes, he did. But that therefore means there's something in you that knows what you need to undergo and where your journey will take you. So when we're stepping onto this path with that hand extended into the unknown, we are saying, I want to become myself. 
I do not want to be a clone of everybody else in society. You, you are claiming your individuality, you're claiming your soul, you're claiming your birthright, you're claiming all the spiritual powers we have named. And haven't we created an entire pop culture, mass collectivism, social media arena just to try to give ourselves some comfort to find our uniqueness among the billions. I mean, in search of it, I mean, if anything were present in social media, it is an individual's desire to really stand out and make a difference underneath it all. That's what I find so fascinating. It's, we have these cycles we go through, don't we? Yes, we do. And yet, I do believe that we are, like you say, that we are in the time to initiate now. Thank you so much for today. Oh, thank, you. Um, thank you so much for having me. Please don't um, forget to remind your listeners, 20 copies of The Breath of Isis, free to 20 people. I would do it. And what's a website that people can find it, out it more is, about you? Um, thehouseoflife.co.uk. And then for those of us now, I'd love to know your personal message. What would you like to leave us with today? Oh, do we have two minutes? You have, I'll give you 60 seconds. Oh, goodness me. Okay. 60 seconds, live from the heart. I love that. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you so much. Uh, thank Benny, you. thank you for doing what you do. Thank you all. Again, you can get the book on Amazon, as I said before, Becoming a Garment of Isis. It's a nine-stage initiatory path of Egyptian spirituality. You can get paperback and Kindle available on Amazon. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning us in, turning us on. Olivia, thank you. Jacob, thank you. Benny, thank you. Stay tuned. Sue Storm, the Angel Lady, is coming up next. Mm -hmm.